Okay, so this morning we're going to talk about one of the heroes of the Old Testament, where uh, uh, part of our Heroes Get Faith series, we're talking about Joseph, and the children here, even grown-ups as well, if you haven't yet got one of these colouring sheets, um, you can basically colour in by numbers um, Joseph's coat. All you need is nine different colour pens, there are lots of pens around, we might be shared them around, so if you've got some pens, uh, just check other people we've got in this
covering as we talk. Um, okay, so Heroes of the Faith, uh, we've been doing a series of late. Um, who can tell me what Heroes of the Faith we've um, heard about in the last few weeks? Throw some, throw some. Have you been listening? Go on, Esther. What, what did we speak about when you helped your mum talk about Esther? Esther, that's right. <laughs> Esther spoke about Esther and did really well. It was really, really good. Who else did we learn about? Jonah, we did. Matt spoke about Jonah the other week. Again, it's, it's very easy, these parents choosing names of, of their children to talk about, basically. Easy to remember. Who else have we learned about in the last couple of weeks, few weeks? Rahab, cool. That's, is that it, the three? Uh, Gav spoke. Gavin isn't a hero of the old faith, but Gavin was our speaker last week, <laughs> and, uh, and he, he wasn't doing that series. Yeah, we've done three in the series so far. Esther, Rahab, and Jonah. Okay, so this morning it's about Joseph. Um, who, ha- hold your hand up, if when you were at school you sang, either you did the, a production of a musical or you sang the songs of Joseph, the Andrew Lloyd Webber songs. Okay, right, okay, now keep them, off, keep them ha- held up, keep them held up, okay. Uh, keep your hands up if that was in the last, sorry, so if, if, you ha- if that was in the last five years, put your hands down. Okay. If that was in the last 10 years, put your hands down. If that was in the last 15 years, put your hands down. If that was in the, let's just go for it. If that was in the last 20 years, put your hands down. If that was in the last 40 years, put your hands down. Come on, Nick. Me and Nick must have sang these songs a long time ago. A long, long time ago. Okay. We all, well, most of us will know the songs from the musical. Have you sang them, Samuel? Your hand was still up. Was it 60 years ago? Okay, cool. Okay, now the, the story of Joseph is in the Old Testament. It's in the book of Genesis. If we read all of the story, it would take a long, long time. So thankfully, uh, we're not going to read all of the story. We're going to read parts of it. And we've got some really nice pictures coming up on the screen behind me. And with little summaries as well that I'll touch base with. So this morning, we're just going to read the story together, okay? Um, So I'm going to start Genesis chapter 37, verses 2 to 4. And all the readings this morning are from the New Living Translation. If you have a Bible with you, uh, do feel free to read that along with us. But all the uh, verses will appear on the screen behind us. Excuse me. And it says this. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhar and Zilphar. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Jacob loved Joseph more than any other of his children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. So there we have it. Jacob was a Hebrew. He lived in Canaan, and he had 12 sons. His favorite was Joseph, and he gave him a present, and that was a really expensive coat of many colors. And this made Joseph's brothers very angry and jealous. The passage goes on to say, One night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. 
Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you'll reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. So think of that, guys. Think of that, kids. If you imagine you've got brothers and sisters, and in the morning you get, wake up and you get to school uniform and say, you know what, last night uh, I had a dream that like you were all little hamburgers, and I was a big, giant hamburger, and you were all worshipping me and bowing down to me. That's not a great way to kick off the day with your siblings, is it? They're going to uh, not necessarily like you. So there's the picture there, Joseph having the dream about the harvest field and the sheaves of corn bowing down to him. And it says, soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Not necessarily a good move, Joseph, but you did it. Uh, Listen, I've had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed down low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. And then it goes on. Soon after this, Joseph's brothers went to pasture their father's flocks at Shechem. When they they had been gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, your brothers are pasturing the sheep at Shechem. Get ready, and I will send you to them. And then when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. That's like a hole in the ground. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing And then they grabbed him and they threw him into the cistern. And then we've got the picture of all the brothers really cross. They grabbed him and they'd thrown him into the cistern. But Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those traders over there. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him for 20 pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. And you've got the picture there of the traders taking Joseph, the brothers taking the money, and they took him to Egypt. Then the brothers killed a young goat and dipped Joseph's robe, his coat, in the blood, they sent the beautiful robe to their father with this message. Look at what we found. Doesn't this robe belong to your son? Their father, Jacob, recognized it immediately. Yes, he said, it's my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph has clearly been torn to pieces. But Jacob is holding the coat. He's really sad. He's really sad because he thinks that Joseph is dead. He thinks that an animal has eaten Joseph. Okay, so Joseph goes to Egypt, and the Bible says this. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. 
Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. But the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. So Joseph really, even though he was, in, he was, he was sold as, as a slave, he basically was given a really high position um, in Potiphar's household and a really important household in the government. But then there was more trouble. After trouble with the brothers, there was then trouble with Potiphar's wife, who was a bit nasty and made up some nasty lies about Potiphar. And Potiphar believed her and he threw Joseph into prison. And while Joseph was in prison, he met two men who had previously worked for Pharaoh, and they were locked up. One was a cupbearer, so the person that would actually um, take, uh, hold the, the wine cup, kind of give the, the Pharaoh his drinks, and the other one was a baker who made bread for him. But the baker told Joseph a strange dream that he'd been having. Joseph explained the dream to him, although it was bad news for the baker, and it didn't end well for him. The cupbearer also had a dream, and he told Joseph. And Joseph explained the dream to him, and this time the news was good. And a few days later, the cupbearer was released from prison and went back to work for the king. And Joseph asked the cupbearer to remember him. A while later, it was Pharaoh's turn to have some strange dreams. And no one, all his advisors, they couldn't tell him what they meant. The cupbearer told the Pharaoh about Joseph and his ability to interpret dreams. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and Joseph told him about the dreams. And in one of Pharaoh's dreams, seven fat cows came out of the river Nile, followed by seven thin cows. In the second dream, seven fat stalks of corn were eaten by seven thin corns of storm. So these are, these are weird dreams. I mean, dreams are weird, yeah? These are pretty weird on that scale. And Joseph explained the dreams to Pharaoh. He said there'll be seven good years of harvest, followed by seven years of famine. He told the Pharaoh that they should store corn and grain and wheat so they could not starve. Joseph was then made governor of Egypt. So he was kind of second in command to Pharaoh in Egypt. So having been taken to prison and then he was, sorry, uh, having been taken in, um, sold to slavery, he was put in charge of Potiphar's house. Then things went south and he ended up in prison, but then he came out of prison and was put in charge of Egypt, second only to Pharaoh. And then we pick up um, the story in the Bible again in Genesis chapter 42. It says, When Jacob heard that grain was available in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, Why are you standing around looking at one another? I have heard there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy enough grain to keep us alive. Otherwise, we'll die. So Joseph's ten older brothers went down to Egypt to buy grain. But Jacob wouldn't let Joseph's younger brother, Benjamin, go with them for fear some harm might come to him. So Jacob's sons arrived in Egypt along with others to buy food, for the famine was in Canaan as well. So basically back in Canaan, Jacob and his sons were starving. There was no food, there was no crops. 
So basically, they decided, let's go to Egypt, where we hear there's grain and food, see if we can buy some. Of course, the brothers had no idea they'd be going and meeting Joseph. So when they got to uh, Egypt, they didn't recognize Joseph. Joseph accused his brothers of being spies and said that he would give them grain, but they must return with their youngest brother, with Benjamin. And for that to happen, Simeon would have to stay in prison until they came back. So they soon returned to Egypt with Benjamin. They came back with Benjamin, the youngest brother. Joseph welcomed them, and he set Simeon free. And they got grain. They got loaded up with grain on their donkeys. And on their way home, a horseman came after them, one of Joseph's horsemen, accusing them of stealing the governor's silver cup. There's a song in the musical called Who's the Thief? Who's the Thief? Could it possibly be Benjamin? I think there's the a, a kind of punchline of it, basically. And what had done it, Joseph, Joseph had tested his brothers uh, a number of ways. One of the things that they put a, a silver cup in uh, Benjamin's bag uh, to then that the horseman would come and find the cup and would ask the question, who's the thief? He was testing their honesty, basically, where they're able to, to be honest about things. Because it was all part of Joseph's plan to find out what kind of people his brothers were now. He said, Benjamin must stay behind to be his slave. Judah, the brother who actually sold Joseph, he said this, if you keep Benjamin, my father will die in grief. Please keep me instead. So Judah, the one who'd taken the silver and sold Benjamin, his heart had changed. So rather than being out for himself, he was saying, I'll step into Benjamin's place. I'll go in prison set Benjamin free. So Joseph saw through these tests that his brothers had finally changed. And at that point, he, he told them who he was and he hugged them. And soon after that, the whole family moved to, to Egypt to be with Joseph. We should go back into the Bible here now where the, the passage where, where Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. It says this, Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, Get out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then Joseph broke down and wept. He wept so loudly that Egyptians could hear him, and word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, Joseph said to them. So they came closer, and he again said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But, Joseph said to his brothers, but don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here, here ahead of you to preserve your lives. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over the land of Egypt. So come down to me immediately. 
Wasn't that an amazing experience that must have been for those brothers to realize who Joseph was and then to him to say, don't be angry at yourselves. God planned this. God brought me uh, to this place. God brought me here ahead so that then when the famine came, you could come here and you could survive and all your families and your community could survive as well. Joseph forgives his brothers. He forgives them what they did. He says, don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead to preserve your lives. <clears throat> you know, sometimes when bad things happen, sometimes there's a bigger plan at work. There's something bigger that God knows that we might not know. In, in uh, the New Testament in Romans, it says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for good, for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So Joseph forgives his brothers. There's a bigger plan, a bigger picture going on. So I'm going to say a few things about forgiveness. Okay. Firstly, forgiveness can be really hard. Okay. I don't think it was easy for Joseph to forgive. There was a journey there. You know, it was a long time. A lot of difficult things happened to him. And it can be really hard. Um, when we forgive someone, if we've been hurt, we don't necessarily forget. Okay? We can't, forgiveness isn't just forgetting something. If it was just forgetting something that happened or was said, it might be easier. But actually, we remember. Remember how, how we hurt, how it felt. And that's what can make it so hard. It's not nice to remember being hurt. In the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel, it says this. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. And in the Psalms, in Psalm 103.12, it says this, He has removed our sins as far, as far from us as the east is from the west. So you think of a picture of the earth, how far the east is from the west. Basically, it goes on forever. And that's the Bible saying that's how far God has removed our sins from us. That's how much God has forgiven us. And of course, when we pray the Lord's Prayer together, we say, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And in Luke chapter, uh, chapter 23, when Jesus is on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. So God has forgiven us. And through Jesus on the cross and the price he paid, we can now be restored to the Father. But there's a cost to that. And that cost is we need to forgive as well. But forgiveness doesn't mean that we have to be silent about it. If we've been hurt, if anyone's said anything or done anything towards us that hurts, it's really important to talk about it and to talk about it with someone you can trust, okay? So forgiveness doesn't mean we have to be silent. And Joseph's brothers still had to face what they had done. They still had to be tested. They still had to face up to the consequences of what they'd done. Joseph had to test them, see if he could trust them again. As I said, forgiveness is a process. It's a journey, and it's not always easy. But in time, 
Forgiveness can bring healing, it can bring peace, and it can bring freedom from the hurt and the sadness that we might feel. And it can release the person who's done the bad thing uh, from the guilt of that as well. And God can help us to forgive through his Holy Spirit. In the Bible, the bit we read from Romans earlier, a couple of verses that precede that talk about how the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. And it says this, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed with words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us, believers, in harmony with God's own will. And as we read before, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to the purpose for him. As I read that, I thought, you know, what are these groanings that we can't express in words sometimes? Sometimes it's hurt. Sometimes it's, it's needing to forgive, um, and that's hard. But one of the things the Holy Spirit can do is to come alongside us as we pray and help us, help us to pray to God, help us to say things to God that might be hard to say. Okay, so what we're going to do now, we've got some post-it notes, and I'm going to pass them around. There we go. And over here, on my left here, on your right, there's a picture of Joseph, okay? So what we're going to do, uh, we're just going to take some of these and pass them around. Um, and if you want to just put some colors up, just color in there, put some colors up to put colors on the coat, that's fine. If you've got a pen and you want to write something, we could write on the back of these, so on the sticky side, you can even write a little prayer or, or write a simple thing saying, Help me, Jesus, to forgive, okay? Because uh, we say forgiveness is a journey. Uh, forgiveness isn't always easy. Uh, sometimes we get to a point where we can forgive. Sometimes it takes a bit longer, okay? So I, I want people here to feel um, that, that they can say to Jesus, help me to forgive. It might well be that you, want, you have forgiven someone or something, and you might want to write, I forgive, Okay? Um, you might want to write, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me, okay? Or as I say, you might just want to keep your thoughts a bit more private and then simply put the stickers on. At the end of this, we are going to get dispose of this uh, like securely, so whatever is written, uh, we're not going to be reading it or sharing it with anyone. It's going to go away, okay? It's going to be shredded. Okay, so I'm going to pass these around. And who wants to, in fact, Nana, could you help me? Take some, go and pass those around, yeah? With some pens, could you do that for me? Who else can help? Whoops. Go on. Pass those around as well. You can pass them around. Just go and pass them around to everybody. You might need to split the pads a bit, basically, and then throw them some pens as well, yeah? Some more there. It's all right. You've got purples. <laughs> there you go. You might need to split the pads, guys, and spread them out a bit more. Okay. Can you pass me a pad? 
please? Okay, so you want us to write a little phrase on the back, or you don't have to. That's the front. That's the front, isn't it? Okay, and then um, you write on the front or back. That's fine, basically. And then when you've done that, you just come over right over here to Joseph. And we've got the coat here. We're going to make lots of colours. Okay, and don't worry about this middle bit. This can be the coat as well. Just kind of cover Joseph with all lots of colours. Yeah. Okay, we're just going to pray. Um, if any of you uh, would like us to pray with you this morning, uh, maybe as we've talked about the story this morning, it's kind of piqued some, um, something in you. Actually, actually, I need to forgive someone, um, or I need to be forgiven, um, or I just need to know God's forgiveness. Um, we would love to pray with you. And what we can do, um, if you want to come down to the front, uh, we'll make sure someone comes and praise with you this morning. Um, and then we're going to just wrap up, basically. We're going to, yeah, uh, yeah, we're going to do the barbecue. <laughs> okay. So we're going to be wrapping up here pretty soon and getting packed away. And then we're going to uh, head over to the barbecue. Um, as Pip said earlier, um, even if you've not come prepared with food for the barbecue, we've got loads of it. So do come. Do come. It'll be great to see you at the barbecue. If you need to know how to get there, um, then come and speak to one of us and we can uh, make sure you get that information. Okay, so Father, I just thank you for this morning. Father, I thank you for your forgiveness, that your forgiveness is complete, that as far as the east is from the west, you have removed our sins from us. And Father, I thank you for the story we've read this morning, the story of forgiveness, the story of grace and of mercy.